What I want us to do is go out and smack Florida in the mouth. I want us to go out and not give up an open kickoff for 95 yards. I want us to go out and not commit three offsides penalties and, and kill a drive that was looking promising. Mm-hmm. I want us to go out and not crap our pants and fiddle fart around with the last minute of the half. Georgia takes their 4-3 and three record down to Jacksonville to face off against the 5-1 and one Gators in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party this Saturday at 3.30 on CBS. Will the off week prove to help the dogs as they try to overcome that stinging loss to lowly Vanderbilt a couple of weeks ago? Two of us on today's podcast believe so, while one of us begrudgingly picks the Gators to pull out a close victory. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall and you're listening to episode 62 of the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. On today's episode, Tony Waller and I break down the dogs' special teams, offense, and defense, and how they stack up versus Florida's units. We touch on the meddling of administrators in their efforts to try and rename the cocktail party to something called the River City Rivalry. And towards the end of the show, we make our SEC and Georgia game predictions. Will Leach did not make it on the show in person, so to speak. He's covering the World Series for SportsOnEarth.com. However, he did send in a very quick prediction live from the press box in Cleveland during Game 1 of the World Series. So sit back, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. This is episode 62. I think I just said that in the introduction, but why not be redundant? (laughs) I think you should say it twice. (laughs) It's always good to say it twice. You know, though, I miss not being... At a restaurant like we were on episode 61. That was quite entertaining for me. Yeah, it was a good time. We appreciate Tim Kelly uh, there at the Rook and Pond letting us join him. In case you didn't know, I'm Tony. That's Scott over there. That's Will. Yeah. Will's again mm-hmm. off doing his day job covering uh, the World Series I right mean, now. Tough, tough gig tonight. Where I guess Cleveland leads the card, uh, the Cardinals. The, sorry, sorry, Will. That was Freudian a Freudian slip. slip <laughs> just for you. The Cubs, 2 uh, 0 uh, going into the second inning. So we'll keep updating you throughout just so you know, just while you're know, listening to this. You that's can what, that way you'll know where we were. We, but maybe what would happen is they listen to this tomorrow night during the game and never, never, mind, never mind. I don't even know where you were going with that. <laughs> well, much like Georgia special teams, we've already done something poorly. We uh, have. Kick, we have. But, you know, but maybe, maybe we'll start there. It uh, is Florida week. It's do we have week. to talk it's, about the game at all? Uh, you know, I felt the same way because it was it was kind of nice doing a podcast without having to worry about the hand wringing of a Georgia game. And I enjoyed my Sunday a lot more because I didn't have yeah. to talk about a loss or a bad performance. Although I used the hashtag coaching malpractice when it came to Dan Quinn going for it fourth and one in overtime yeah. against the Chargers. When you're on your own side of the fifty, you got a punt right there. Yeah, I I didn't see that play, but. You know, I'm a big fan of going for it on fourth down a lot of times, but in sudden death, you can't sudden death. You can't get you can't give up field position that way. It's he just, got too cute. He got yeah, too cute. Yeah, that'll that'll get you. And that'll it was like you. it was deja vu all over again. And it's like every week I have to go through it with my boys to explain to them this is what happens when you're pulling for an Atlanta sports franchise or Georgia. Lately, it's a lifetime of disappointment or a sea of disappointment or whatever you want to call it. Well, speaking of sea of disappointment, um, there is going to be an awful lot of people wearing orange and blue in Jacksonville this week. You think it's going to be more like 60, 40? I don't know. That's an interesting question because we, I was under the, I was seeing a lot of tickets, a lot of tickets out and about. uh, And I wasn't expecting that earlier this season. Um, 
You, of course, aren't going. I'm not going because I'll be in D.C. for work, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I have to assume it's going to be a, a trend, a Florida crowd. They're they're the ones that are 5-1. and one. They're the ones that, you know, basically uh, they keep winning. They win the SEC East, um, even though Tennessee beat them in the head-to-head. You know, they're – and the funny thing about what happened with Hurricane Matthew is now that LSU game – it's such a huge late season game on a weekend that would have been just a disaster weekend for the conference because that would have been a that was cupcake weekend, right? Right. They gave up. Uh, Florida gives, gives up Presbyterian. LSU gives up who was it? South Alabama. South or Alabama. Somebody. Uh, so South Alabama now won't be eligible to win the SEC since they're only playing four SEC games this year. And, and UMass can't win the SEC because they've lost to three SEC teams. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, and not three very good ones. No. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Right. Well, That's, Vanderbilt. Van, yeah, they gave all Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt gave them all they can handle, <laughs> and uh, and us too. Oh God, sorry, man. Oh man. Well, so, let's get a little bit more crashing right back stuff. to okay. Earth. Okay, okay. So let's set this up. It is Hate Week. It is Georgia Florida Week, or as it's the world's at large outdoor cocktail party. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, just, let's start go, there. Let's start there. There was there was uh, some distressing Twitter at mentions and Twitter posts that were going around last night, a couple days ago, calling it the. River City they, rivalry or something like that? They've been like trying that. to call it the River City rivalry. The city of Jacksonville has been, and the universities have been involved in this. And I understand. I, I get it, considering right. the alcohol we're, we're culture. We're mature adults. We understand. I understand the alcohol culture, especially with the – there's been deaths over the years. On the, Certainly, uh, I think we all know of stories of people that went down to Jacksonville and, and got to spend time in uh, Duval's, uh, Duval's local host facilities. Duval County. Uh, Duval County, not Duval as in Scott. And um, they spell it wrong. They do. They also say it wrong too. Duval! <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I get it. I do get it, but – it's always going to be the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. It's only going to embolden people. To yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you know, this is a change that you put in place now. So 25 years from now, people will only, will call it something different because it's not – you can't put enough hashtags on that to change it. No. Not today. No, and that today. T-shirt's awful looking too. You yeah, saw the well, picture of it? Yeah, it was designed by by me or something. So let's get into happier stuff. Well, not not necessarily happier stuff, but let's – you mentioned the special teams earlier. Let's go ahead and kind of break down group by group, position by – not position by position, but you know, special teams, offense, defense, as it pertains to Georgia versus what Florida is going to show on the field as well. So starting with special teams, do you think at all this off week has given any kind of tweaking or thinking about on how we're going to cover – kicks is it just like hey let's just coach them up a little bit because like you referred to in our last podcast we had eight guys on the left side against that uh, opening kick return from Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago seems like the field goal kicking unit was solid but you know that's only one game to, to show for so that's even still up in the air and we know what the winds can do down there in Jacksonville it's always kind of wacky when it comes to field goal kicking if you were uh, coach Beamer Shane Beamer and Coach Smart sitting there trying to retool the special teams. What do you think they're doing? What are you working on? Oh, I'm I'm working on Rodrigo Blankship kicking the ball into the end zone every time. Okay, we can't let Callaway get the ball in his hands. I I, I understand. I, I really do understand. I, I was talking to somebody about the the eight guys on the left side of the hash, and I've gone back and looked at the play, and it was clearly it was designed directional kick. Here's the thing: Rodrigo kicked the ball long enough. I mean, he took the he, he took the ball out of the end zone. He also kicked it high enough. I mean, when he brought the ball out of the end zone, 
our closest guy was about the 20 yard line. The problem was we maintained zero lanes. It really was like T-ball or seven year old soccer where everybody <laughs> was running to the ball. And that's not how I learned that in midget football when we had kickoffs. You maintain a lane. Right. 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 You maintain a lane. You. But was, do you think it was called that way? And maybe Rodrigo kicked it the wrong direction. No, Rodrigo kicked on the ball the side the side where there were eight guys. There, okay. I mean, see, I haven't I haven't rewatched yeah. the play. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty neither here nor there. Okay. I mean, I think uh, so. That's the first thing I'm working on. I'm working on. Let's not we we can't afford to be fancy in this game. Um, and Callaway is just too he's too good a return guy. Mm-hmm. We just can't afford to be fancy. We have to kick the ball in the end zone, and that's just my opinion. Who knows? Maybe we'll pooch kick every time. But that's the first thing on kickoffs that we do uh, on punt receiving. I think the f- first thing we do is we are working with Isaiah or whoever's back there about being smart about what you field and being Same thing ready with kick return. Well, and kick, well, yeah, I'm, Reggie, I'm, I'm yeah. coming to okay, kick returns. I'm okay. coming to kick returns on punt returns. You know, I think our biggest issue is, and has been the reins have been taken off Isaiah a little bit. I mean, under Mark Rick, Isaiah wouldn't be returning balls if he pulled some of the stuff he pulled. I mean, and that's, yeah. that's fine because Mark Rick was enormously risk averse. I mean, he just, he, that, that was his style. I think, Kirby has been has been less so, has shown that he's less so, um, and that's showing up, especially in the special teams. Now, here's the thing. If you're Isaiah McKenzie and you pick up a bouncing punt, you better be sure that you're getting neg- positive yards out of it because it is not worth possibly bobbling the ball, possibly any number of things that can go bad for picking getting two or three more yards, right? So, you know, they I'm sure they worked on that. On kick returns, <clears throat> you know, here's the thing: we're not doing terrible on kick returns, with the exception of one game. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've had one game where it was bad, <laughs> and it was bad because it was really bad. Um, I, it's been interesting to me that we've had Davis and Brandon Douglas back on kick returns every time, um, and not. I mean, Davis is plenty fast, but he's not. I mean, if you were to list the guy, list the guys, the jet jet burner guys, you wouldn't list them. So he's probably back there for his hands. So that's great, but you have to have worked with him some this week on when you field the ball and when you don't field the ball. And in particular, you have to know, especially relationship-wise, you have to know where you are on the field. You can't you can't field the ball on the three-yard line a foot from your own sideline. Yeah, That can never, ever, ever happen again but because although it happened against uh the chargers in the falcons game yeah that's just it's just really the worst kind of bad decision because you're you're not even when you feel the ball at the three yard line you're really betting you can get 22 yards before the defense can stop because chances are that ball's bouncing in the end zone or out of bounds or out of bounds you're you're basically saying i can get 20 i i am guaranteed 22 yards if you if you catch the ball at the three yard line and again, I'm I'm not I'm not as risk averse as Mark Rick, but I'm probably more so than Kirby. But you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we haven't played very smart on special teams at times, and then that leads to our punt team. Our punt teams, our punt team. It doesn't look like we're going to try anything different. It doesn't look like we're going to do things differently. I don't know whether Bryce can or can't. I, it, it doesn't really matter at this point. Our punters, our punter, and you know, he is near the bottom of the conference in. In yardage, he's not great on hang time, which means we have to be really disciplined. And the, the only upside of that, the only the only upside of that, is that we're not at great risk about kicking our coverage when kicking the ball to Callaway. I mean, he, we have had a lot of a lot of fair catches because 
when you kick the ball 37 and a half yards, it's really easy for your guys to get down this round. Yeah. So uh, if, there, if there's an upside to that, so, you know, that's special teams wise. That's what we have to watch out for. You know, Florida's field goal team is, is, is pretty good. They're both the return teams are really good because of Callaway put it this way. If we go into this game and it, we just look merely competent special teams wise. We don't do anything spectacular. I'm okay with that because honestly, special teams is one of those places where nine times out of 10, you're really just hoping they don't mess up and you're hoping they don't do something to put your team behind the eight ball because looking at Vanderbilt special teams gave up 10 points. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a, they gave up a 95 yard kickoff that resulted in a touchdown directly resulted in a touchdown. And then the fielded, kickoff at the 10 yard line i mean at the three yard line which then turned into a 27 yard punt which is directly led to vanderbilt's field goal so that's how you lose to a team by a point and still like gain them three or four to one because oh, sure yeah because they, the had, they have, they have two, yeah yeah it was so ridiculous. we can't do that against florida and the florida's offense is not not great they're better than vanderbilt who's who's a quarterback now uh, Florida? is del rio back I think Del Rio is going to be back, although I hadn't seen. Um, well, does it really matter? I mean, does it, the quarterback kind of a game manager and like don't screw up in the Florida offense, right? Well, Florida, um, you know, they're they're pretty far down the list. They're fifty second in total offense, four hundred twenty six yards. They're not really like blowing the doors off of you, running the ball. Uh, I mean, passing the ball, they only got about fourteen hundred passing yards. Uh, they got twenty five hundred uh, rushing yards. So, you know, that's that's one of those things where they're just they're middle of the road and you know, they're they're pretty close to where we are. I think we're um you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of the upper 70s. Uh 73, just about 20 yards behind them. Offensively, both teams match up pretty closely. Um where it gets concerning to me is defense. Florida it has the number 2 defense in the nation. I will say some of that is absolutely competition. So what um, happened against Tennessee when they gave up 38? Well, they, they gave up 498 yards offense. They let Josh Dobbs look like Josh Dobbs can look. I mean, they had 319 yards. Um, I think, but I think passing. it's proven that Josh Dobbs and the Tennessee offense, it's more smoke and mirrors than it is just, you know, juggernaut. Yeah. The interesting thing to me, and even though they beat Missouri 40 to 14, that was well, on the, that, but hold on. Missouri put some yards on them. I mean, they they gave up 365 yards, and, uh, and that was in the swamp. That was in the swamp. Uh, so that is an interesting. You know, when you look at what Florida has done, they uh, defensively they feasted on some pretty poor competition. Massachusetts, Kentucky, North Texas, 53 yards, and then they gave up 498 to Tennessee, and they gave up 262 to Vanderbilt, uh, which is on 100 yards more than we gave up. Uh-huh. One interesting thing is that this is only their third game in October. They've had two weeks off in between that Missouri game on on both the front end and the back end. If they were getting in any kind of rhythm on offense, perhaps maybe it stagnated a little bit with the time off. I don't know. It's just a guess. But it definitely has allowed some of their guys to get healthy. Yeah, I, and just looking, kind of looking through here, Del Rio is definitely going to play. Um, so Jared Davis is going to be uh, maybe out um, against Georgia, he's a part of their, their really good defense. But schematically, I think what I want to see out of Georgia 
is let's stop running into the, the teeth. Let's uh, just uh, we, yeah. look, look, I, I get what we're trying to do. I Establish, really do. Well, I'm not sure I do. It's like they're trying to establish something. But it's just, you know, one game, you're kind of like, okay, well, that just didn't work. Two games, three games. We've seen it just about every game. And it's almost like it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And then Jim Chaney's like, oh, hell, we're just going to give it one more shot in the South Carolina game. And he's like, my God, it worked. And then he goes back to it. I think what you have is a, a philosophy, right? Kirby Smart wants to be a smash mouth, downhill running football team. Kind of like Alabama. Like, just to name a team. So, which is fine. And, and they, he wants to enforce that mentality. But at some point, you have to, you have to start thinking in terms of, okay, that's, that's fine. But I think coaches earn their, really do earn their money on how well they scheme around their weaknesses and play into the strengths of what they have. We still have good running backs. We our good running backs didn't stop being good running backs after the North Carolina. I game. think a lot of people have questioned Nick Chubb this year. Not not his uh, dedication or skill set. There people you you know I've heard it. People are like, I think he's lost a step. He just doesn't look like he can cut. And I've been quick to combat that, saying I don't think he's really been given a chance to shine or opportunity wise on some of the plays that he's been given. And that's probably the hard, the hardest part for a lot of Georgia fans to take is like you know it feels like every time we see Nick Chubb in, we're in a power eye, we're stacked in with do- double tight ends, and we're not. Giving, <laughs> he's running it right up the middle. He's running right up the middle. Right. He's running. He's running into seven and eight man fronts. I understand why you try that. I really do understand why you try that, but. I'm okay with giving that look and bouncing him outside. I'm okay with How about giving, play action. I'm I'm okay we with. We haven't even seen that. Yeah, we haven't seen much play action, and that there are a couple things that I think are going to happen. I think we're going to happen this week. I, I don't know that. Well, they wait, will. wait, wait! You're about to tell me that we had we just haven't shown anything yet. We're, uh, we're waiting till Florida. I think, I think we're past not showing anything yet. Um, but I do think we're going to see more pistol and shotgun formation, and I do think we will see more more play action and. Hopefully we've shelled that nonsense McKenzie at tailback Chubb. I mean, look, we come out and run that the first play of the game. I'm fine. I mean, and, well, like and actually, I said, it would be fine in the second quarter. Yeah, of some game. it's just random. Just, you know what? We get, that's the personal group and we have, let's run the play. Right. In the, there are times where coaches outthink have a tendency to outthink themselves. And that was a certainly a time because, you know, yeah, coaching decisions are a chess match, right? You're, you're trying to go up against whatever. I adhere to Urban Meyer's philosophy, which is you run a play. If they, if you find a play that works, you run until they stop it. Period. And that's, it's just that <laughs> you simple. Think that's what Jim Chaney's doing with the dive up the middle. I, I think he's looking for that play to work. Well, because it worked one time. <laughs> he's just saying, oh, it's going to work. It's going to work it's this time. Work. I mean, it hasn't worked yet. So it's got to, it's got to work. It's going to work. It's like, dude, you got to stop hitting on seventeen because it. Right. That's yeah, just not a good idea. The blackjack. That's table. right. That's right. I'm sitting anchored, and he's over there like, hit me. I'm like, sir, sir, you have twenty. <laughs> So, you know, offensively, I, I think, look, I'm not bearish uh, on, on what I think is going to happen. I mean, I think we have a chance to win this game. Oh, we'll, sure. And we'll talk about our predictions in a little bit. But, you know, Florida has been – they have been great on defense. Well, yeah, they have 10 interceptions for a total of 158 return yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. What I was saying about Missouri earlier, they beat Missouri 40-14. to 14. Well, the, the defense scored two touchdowns on mm-hmm. them. So – that game was, you know, I mean, still a, you're talking about a 26 to 14 game, but it's not nearly the blowout looks like if you if if Drew Locke doesn't keep throwing 
touchdowns to the other team. Well, he threw five picks for us, or yeah, however it was. We just didn't turn, we right. didn't hit pay dirt on it, and it's shown you that Florida has a very opportunistic defense, and then also gives a, gives their offense a short field to work with to capitalize on those turnovers. Right, and so you know, for offensively, I think we have to to make really. We're going to have to count on East to make really sound decisions. Well, hopefully and, he's more than halfway through the season. You'd think that kind of you know, the shock value of playing in the SEC is kind of worn off, and he's just kind of accustomed to it. I'm also hoping he's had a week to, like, not get hit. <laughs> so maybe he's going to throw with a little more better base under him. I mean, I think – I'm just worried, and I'll quit being negative, but I'm just worried that that offensive line – it's like you you don't know – are you gonna, are we going to see the offensive line that played against South Carolina or North Carolina? Or are we going to see the offensive lines played in all the other games, including Nichols? Considering Flores' defensive line, I think we're more likely to see the defensive line against those other teams. Now, having said all of that, the upside is we can scheme around some of that. If you run three wide receivers every time, or you run two wide receivers and H-back and a tight end, you're basically making them account either man-on-man and still stack the line in, in hope, or you're making them account for some other things happening. Um that, that they can get to the quarterback for a play can get off because I think we've won run one wheel route. We haven't thrown a lot of passes to the to running backs uh except for like quick outlets after have, a check. They run a screen all season. We ran the screen, <laughs> it got blown up. So they, they threw that play away. And and not the play with McKenzie despite it not working against Mississippi. And um but you know that we I mean, I think there are some things in our playbook that we could see that we haven't seen yet. And if we run them and it's successful, it could be like, where's that been all season? Sure. Well, you know, but we still have a freshman quarterback right. and we still have two of our best receivers uh, in our best wide receiver and our best tight end are probably freshmen. So, well, and our two best wide receivers, or at least historically speaking, are shorter than six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you throw, you throw McKenzie in there. So the I think offensively, when we have the ball, I would be really surprised if we don't we don't run a lot more plays out of shotgun and, and pistol formations. Um, and when we do go up under center, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we come out under center of the first play and run a play action and go deep. If if nothing else, just to kind of just soften the defense up and say, hey, look, we're not afraid to do this. How about um, a quarterback throwback like Joe T. Scored on. <laughs> that would believes. be that would be interesting. Uh, I did hear I, I saw somewhere Easton got a, a haircut, so um, you know Boy, he's, he needed one. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, but I would be really surprised if we were to put Easton out there like that. I I, I haven't been impressed with our Wildcat plays for no. that matter. Um, I hate any Wildcat play where we put the quarterback out as a wide receiver and he doesn't do anything other than turn and look and see what's happening. To me, that takes away the advantage because the that, advantage that yeah. a cornerback knows like, okay, well, I'm not going to yeah, cover him. I get a, so I get a day off. 11 on 10. I get a day off. That's right. When Florida has the ball, I think it's an interesting question to see what's going to happen. Um, Defensively, we've gotten. I think we've gotten better mm-hmm. over. Well, I mean, look at what we did against Vanderbilt. Yeah, the defense did not lose that game. No, no, not at all. Florida's offense is, um, you know, they're they're going to try to run the ball. Uh, that's just what they do. Um, you know, their their rushing totals have been all over the place. Uh, they had had one hundred and seven against UMass. Uh, then they they broke out for two hundred forty four, and then they had two fifty five, and then they only had one hundred and six against. Tennessee team, Vanderbilt only had 92. Um, Missouri had 287. So I wouldn't be surprised in the least if we try to limit the number of plays they get. I don't expect us to go slinging the ball all over the yard. It would surprise me to see Easton get more than 30 
30 throws. To me, that means that we're trying to keep, we're trying to shorten the game. We're trying to make this a 24-20 ball game. And, you know, the, the upside is, is that Florida, you, I mean, you said earlier, Florida's quarterback situation basically is a game manager situation, uh, which means that plays kind of into what our defensive, what our defensive philosophy wants to be. Um, you know, we want to put them in situations where they're playing behind the markers um, and that they have to go third and long, um, which is, that's, that's not sage. I mean, that's not, that's not some, you know, defining something new, but the good news is, is with Carter coming on and with um, some of the resurgent play we've seen out of our um, out of our, our linebackers, that that's a possibility. And 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 also Trent Thompson and and what's the other the other freshman or the guy that they just got him suspended? I can never remember his name. Not Rochester. Ledbetter. Ledbetter. Thank you. Pa- yeah, Patrick, Patrick and Roquan, Roquan Smith are playing. They are going to play. And we, I guess we should probably talk about that because Will would want us to. Um, Will would probably say the Georgia way has changed. I would disagree with that. They were not charged. Um, they were not arrested. Yeah, they what, didn't find anything. What would they be charged with? Um, yeah. Being in a room where somebody smelled pot that one time? I mean, in order to make a charge, I mean, you have to have – I mean, yeah, there was – there was paraphernalia there that was indicative of the possible of the possible past drug use, but they both were tested. They both tested negative. Oh, they did. Yeah, oh, yeah, they tested them. So, um, I guess you can't charge them with. Anything. You, what are you gonna charge them with? The glove doesn't fit. You, you must acquit. There, there you are. That as as Cuba Gooding Jr. said, um, right? It's Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Who? Cuba, he played Johnny Cochran. Oh, okay. Well, no, yeah. Johnny Cochran was the original. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Johnny Cochran. I didn't see the story. I didn't. See yeah, the, you didn't the, see the, the OJ uh, people versus was OJ. Was it good? I haven't seen it. Okay. So Will, um, Will, I'm sure Will's Will's a big fan. Oh yeah, no, Will's Will's like I think he was on the he think was on the jacket. I think the HBO used a quote from Will to to promote it. I think. Um. So. You know, one thing uh, as I was looking that distresses me, and I think it can be explained away, but Georgia's opponents' red zone success. Is about ninety five astronomical, and it's because of the short field situations, like what happened against Vanderbilt. Now, whereas Florida's opponents' red zone success is right around you know sixty three, sixty four percent, so that is a little bit distressing. I think those numbers are skewed a bit, but it's like once they get down there, we don't stop them. Yeah, that's and and the opponents are hitting about eighty five percent of their field goals against us, and we're hitting about fifty percent, and that's only. Risen because of Rodriguez three field goals against Vanderbilt. Well, the good news is is that Florida is 121st in the nation in red in offensive red zone conversion. They're only scoring 72 uh, percent of the time. What are we? Um, we are scoring 81 uh, percent of the time. That's the good news. And here and here's the thing about it: almost all of our missed scores are missed field goals. Florida has fifty six percent of their their things are, are TDs. So, if Florida's scoring offense isn't that, I mean, their scoring offense is, is bolstered by a fair number of fair number of defensive scores, because Florida, you know, they have been relying on they've been relying on an awful lot of defensive scores. They're sixtieth in the nation. We are down below them a fair amount at ninety third. How many offensive touchdowns have we scored? I mean, defensive touchdowns have we scored? Zero. I don't think we've scored. No, we had we had a, a pick six against um, Nichols. Yeah, Nichols. Yeah. So it was a fumble recovery. I think uh, uh, Carter. Carter had yeah. a pick six. Yeah, that's right. So you know, I'm not going to say this is throughout the records game because that's not exactly right. Uh, this game has all the makings of just being one of those games. It's just really ugly that people like. Oh, I can't believe we watched that. So you think Burns gonna be saying that? 
No, Vern is. It's his last George it's his Florida last game. Florida game. It hurts my feelings a little bit. Although I'm glad I'm getting to watch the game. He was quoted as saying he's going to call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I saw. What are they going to do? Yeah, fire, fire me. Him? Yeah, they're not going to fire him. So that's that's interesting. I I am excited to get to watch Uncle Vern um, make his final uh, Georgia uh, George Florida game call. Uh, and that's probably his TV. final Georgia game call. I don't expect to see us on CBS anymore this season. Even yeah, against, uh, not, not the three thirty. No, not three thirty. We could be the noon game for Auburn, the yeah. noon CBS game, but that would be really surprising. Um, so yeah, we, it would it would take an interesting confluence of events for us to be back on CBS. Okay, so let's let's play a little game. Right. Florida has one SEC loss. They are going to play against LSU. Yes. Right. We have three SEC losses. We do. You know where I'm going with this? I do. Uh, Tennessee hasn't looked great. In the past two weeks, they got throttled by Alabama, and they lost a heartbreaker to AM and they've lost a lot of guys. Yeah. And they still got South Carolina, who's capable. They've got Missouri, who's capable. And they've got Kentucky and Vanderbilt, who seem to be uh, somewhat capable. But <laughs> so is this more like Georgia winning the SEC basketball tournament when the tornado hit the Georgia Dome? And it was like, wow, look at what we just did. You know where I'm going. Can you finish the sentence? Because I'm I'm so afraid to say it and like verbalize it. Is is there any kind of? If, I, I don't see it. We you have don't see to. It. Okay. We, Tennessee has to lose two more games sure. for us to even be. But in if the Tennessee loses two and we went out, it is ours, right? Uh yeah, you know, yeah. Because Florida would have to lose to LSU. Yeah, and then Florida loses to LSU. Yeah. I mean, right? it's a lot. It's, it's yeah. A stretch. There are we're not mathematically eliminated yet, but you know, look realistically, you're asking Tennessee to lose to two of. Missouri, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Kentucky. It, it could totally fall apart for them. It did us. I, I guess it could. I guess it could. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. So, um, you know, right now, like we talked about on our, our midweek podcast last week, is that I want to see us look competent. Absolutely. I want to see us execute. Uh, so I, you can, you're saying you can handle a tough loss and be at four and four? I mean, I'm not going to like it, but I, I, I mean – you know, being realistically, you know, be, being realistic about it, that is what I think all of us should be looking so for. So, if Georgia, if Georgia runs out in black helmets and Bill Goldberg leading them out, you're 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 throwing your hands up, saying we've I don't lost. Care. I don't care about that. I don't care about helmets. I mean, I I, I don't. I, I understand why people do. I don't. What I want us to do is go out and smack Florida in the mouth. I want us to go out and not give up an open kickoff for ninety five yards. I want us to go out and not commit three offsides penalties and, and kill a drive that was looking promising. Mm-hmm. I want us to go out and not crap our pants and fiddle fart around with the last minute of the half. I want us to go out and make solid, crisp plays. I can in, in, in a year where we are clearly, especially clearly now rebuilding because of coaching changes in youth. Um, I can abide losing heartbreaking games like the Tennessee game um, if we look competent and we actually play to the level of our talent. And that didn't happen last week. That didn't happen against Nichols. Frankly, it didn't happen against Missouri. Um, Didn't happen against Ole Miss. It certainly didn't happen against Ole Miss. So those are the types of things that I want to see. Now, having said all of that, um, I can see a path to victory for Georgia. It involves Florida playing like we did against Vanderbilt. I think if both teams play a you know their best game, Florida wins because their defense, their best unit is better than our best unit, and their worst unit is probably still better than our worst unit. So that that essentially equals you know a, a loss if we both if we both play equally well. You know, being realistic about it, the upside to me is that there are a lot of easily fixable things in our special teams that could. But we've been saying that for a couple of years. I mean, well, it was no, bad. I, it was I, bad no, no, last not, year. I don't. 
I agree. Okay. We agree. Um, but you know, the, the thing about it is like, but we did have games last year where we had a great special teams game. We're like, Oh, where's this been? You know? So we put all of our kickoffs in the end zone and, and Callaway doesn't return anything or, you know, McKenzie returns a punt for a touchdown or we field everything and don't let a ball bounce to the 10 yard line, and then try to pick up and run it. Those are things that are difference makers. Yeah. And, and we, we play soundly on the, on special teams. Then that kind of equalizes. My biggest concern is that we're just going to turn around and give Florida points that we can't afford to give them. That's been the modus operandi, or how do you say it? Modus operandi. Yeah, that's that Latin like yeah, that lawyery Latin. term. Was, uh, I took two semesters of that in law yeah. school, or you something. Should, you should know how to say that. Yes, you would think. You would think. So that's the analysis. Do you have any other anal- crack analysis? For this game? No, I mean, you know, look, I I would love to see a Chubb game, a game where he just goes the hell off, where he just like, he looks like Nick Chubb. Yeah. He goes out and just runs over people and just like, you know, it, it would be good to see him break off a long 20 yarder where he early, he, yeah, early where he get, he gets, he gets a couple of hits at the line of scrimmage and just sloughs those guys off. And it, it ends up counting on a safety running him out of bounds, 25 yards downfield. Sure. That would be spectacular. Um, so if you're Kirby and we win the coin toss, what do you do? I think you defer. Yeah. I think you defer. You don't want to quell any possible momentum by putting your, uh, their their best unit on the field first. Good point. And with that, and with that, we will get into our picks. Yes, we should. And for those of you who are still picking, uh, we haven't really updated this. And oh my I'm god! Not, please tell me people are picking because I'm struggling, <laughs> and I'm not even going to update it on this podcast. We'll do it on Sunday uh, on who's leading and everything. I know I'm 80th. Uh, I think I'm above you. Finally, I'm sure you are. I'm finally, sure you are. but uh, this week there's only eight games because. That's Tony, that's my fault. Uh, but that's that's fine with me. Thirteen is almost too much because then we get some like Oregon State Utah game thrown in there. Or yeah, something but I like, like that. that. I like I that. Yeah. So that's my fault. I set this up. It closes basically at Monday on noon, uh, and I just I completely forgot with all I had going on last weekend um, between traveling to South Georgia for my high school reunion and, and what other year stuff. high school? Uh, nineteen eighty six Pierce County High School class of nineteen eighty six. So you had uh, your thirty year. My thirtieth class reunion which was awesome um a lot of guys have finally called up to me weight wise uh which is awesome i felt that they're many. all wearing extra medium extra medium and uh there's still those two guys that didn't and you know i well, screw those guys yeah you got and, any famous people in your graduating class no no uh i am i'm probably the most famous person no actually we we you know, we have a, we have a command sergeant major in the army that's going to retire next year uh at 30 years he is basically he's the battalion chief uh for recruiting um in great lakes region for the united states army uh we have a vice president of operations at carnegie mellon university we've got a podcaster we have a podcaster and, and me um so that's what i meant oh oh me yeah. i'm sorry so, but that's a long way of saying that uh, I did not. I, I have auto pick set up for all SEC games, uh, Georgia Southern games, and I want to say Georgia Tech. Georgia, although it doesn't yeah. like Georgia Tech. Oh, Georgia Tech is on here. Yep. Uh, so that's where we got eight this time. And I apologize. And we also have a couple of dogs on here: New Mexico State versus A and M. I normally try to get those out of there so that that we it makes it a little tougher. But yeah, because that's pretty obvious. Yeah. But um, all right. So we'll just get started with it anyway. There are eight picks this week. And so Thursday night, go ahead and get your picks in. App State goes to Statesboro. That's kind of a big game. That that's a, a throwback from the Southern Conference days of uh, App State and Georgia Southern. And Georgia Southern is 
uh, about a five-point underdog. They've had a rough season. They're four and three as well. Yeah, I'm going to pick Southern here. I, for whatever reason, um, a lovely Eagle Creek's going to pull them three. Did I say it right? Oh, I don't know. What yeah. is that? I don't know. It Eagle, sounds like oh, something. something like they would want to institute for the instead of the Georgia Florida world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Eagles as well, just because they're at home, not because I yeah, that's and that's that's anything. pure that's purely. Purely what I think. And if, if this were up in Boone, you'd, you'd probably pick Appalachian State. Yeah. Duke, which is three and four, they're, they're having a down year. That's yes. the first time Duke's been mentioned on our podcast this year. Duke is uh, playing a 12 o'clock special at four and three Georgia State. Wow, there's a lot of four and three Georgia teams this week. There's a separation Saturday, I guess you could say. <laughs> they're playing at Georgia Tech. Tech is favored by seven and a half. Duke all day. I'm picking Duke as well. There's a, That's just set up for David Cutcliffe to embarrass Paul Johnson and Hopefully he'll lose enough, but not too much to where Tech buys out his contract because he's way too good for us Georgia fans to be at Tech. Samford is at – oh, that's – and this Samford. is Sam Samford. They're on a schedule next year. Yes. The Bulldogs of Samford, which is somewhere in Birmingham, I think. That sounds right. They're a private school in Birmingham. Real pretty campus. I visited Samford. Uh, didn't get in. I got in Georgia. Wah, wah. Didn't get in Samford. <laughs> that was back in the mid-'90s. Samford at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's favored by about 30 points. All the Mississippi State. Yeah, that's easy. New Mexico State plays at Texas A&M. We're, pl- we're both picking Texas A&M. I don't even know why you put it on there. Because <laughs> it's an SEC game. I hear you. Well, this is interesting. The Gus bus has found themselves a new engine. They've got themselves rolling down the highway, and they look pretty much unstoppable right now. Asking If you ask Brett about what, what happened to them, I mean, that was a buzzsaw. They came across yeah, there and they I tell going. you what, poor old Brett had to pay some bills last week. <laughs> he wrote, he paid off some checks last week. Um, yeah, they're, they're so at Ole Miss. that was about fifty-six to three or something. Uh, I mean, it was it was over early. Yeah, no, Jim Harbaugh called because Valzon was like, "Damn, bro, what you doing?" It was uh, it was interesting. So, having said that, you know. Mississippi was the darling of the national media just a couple weeks ago. They were even ranked like in the top fifteen with three losses. Yeah, they're now three and four. Yeah, what's I, happened? Are they gonna Are they gonna continue their slide? Not this week. I think they beat Auburn. I, I just, I, it's a feeling I have. It's, a, it's in Oxford. Called a feeling. It's 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 funny though. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, Mississippi would have probably been an eight point favorite. And now they're a three point underdog. Yeah, yeah. Called a feeling. I'm gonna go with Ole Miss as well. Uh, Kentucky, wow, this is just a pasty SEC East game. When is this on? Okay, it's on at noon. Yes, yeah, noon. That's Ken- an SEC alternate or something. Yeah, right? Kentucky at Missouri. Um, I pick Missouri because they're at home, but no real reason. I mean, Kentucky's looked better in the past few weeks. Uh, they have they have played a little better football. It's starting to look, you know, like they could make a bowl game. But m- let me tell you something. Kentucky loses this game. It, it starts getting really like uh, for them on making a bowl game, which makes could legitimately make the game there are two weeks where when we travel there a the winner of that game goes to the bowl, the loser doesn't. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you. So you're going with Kentucky. I'm going Missouri. You're going with Missouri. So I'm glad you kind of explained the psychology around Kentucky's football around Kentucky's football team because I am now going to hope that they beat Missouri because I don't want them backs against the wall desperate when they play Georgia. Yeah, that's a night game in Commonwealth, by the way. 7.30 kickoff. 
I got to say, I'm really excited because I love going to games. Yeah, but that's going to help make up for your trip to Ole Miss where it was. Yeah, it was, a, it was 11 a.m. kickoff. And we were, you know, we were home in bed at 430 or whatever time right. it was. Uh, Tennessee at South Carolina. Tennessee's favored by two touchdowns. That's I think enough. they were off last week. Not enough. Yeah. That's for, not two enough. touchdowns is not enough. Yeah. Now, this is a game where South Carolina has all the potential whatsoever to sneak up and bite Tennessee. I mean, it's a night game. It's a night game. Tennessee has shown a propensity for not playing great against not great teams. Um, we could list some of them. Regretfully, George is one of those. Um, but, and I, I still think Tennessee wins. But look for South Carolina. I, I said 13 is not enough. I was joking. I think this game has all the makings of being one of those last minute things. Uh, let's call it a, a Josh. A Josh Bob, uh, a Josh Dobbs forward fumble that bounces off somebody into Alvin Kamara's hands. I could see that happening. This yeah. is, I'm calling it now. Yeah. All right. So the River City rivalry is that what the, are you the doing? Politically correct version that CBS or the oh. university. I think Greg McGarrity secretly wants you to call it that. No, no, no. we're not going to call it McGarrity's that. McGarrity's all over. He's all. He's all about world's uh, largest outdoor cocktail. Party. Yeah, world's largest outdoor cocktail party is at three thirty on CBS. Uh, I guess George is the home team this year. Uh, yeah, but both teams are wearing home jerseys. Okay, so they're so. they're going to go with that tradition, uh, kind of like they did last year in the way that UNC and Georgia did in the the Georgia Dome to kick off, where both teams wear their dark jerseys. Yeah, that's right. So Georgia will be wearing red. Anybody going? Uh, I'm trying to think where we sat last year. Um, uh, so we'll be sitting on the we we'll sitting facing the sun this year. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll be sitting on the the east side stands this year. But wear red, all dog fans. Wear red. Florida is favored by about a touchdown. That's kind of fluctuated from about seven and a half. I've seen it at eight. Now it's at six and a half. Yeah, I saw it high. I mean, yeah. this this is an early line, so it's possible it's still up around eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of money flowing to the Gators. Here's the thing about it. Any team that relies on off, on defense to score points, and, and when you go back and look at what Florida's done this season, the games where they've blown teams out has been on defense. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, you know, their scoring points against Tennessee was on defense. 13 to 6 against Vanderbilt, a team that we, yes, we lost to. We, we all were there. We all remember it, um, but got 10 gift points from us. I think we show up. We play well enough to win. We keep, we limit special team nonsense to the point where we win this ballgame. I'm predicting a win. You're predicting a win? I'm predicting You've a win. You've picked against Georgia twice this year. Uh, three times, actually. Three times. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've never picked against Georgia yeah? on this podcast. You're about to do it, aren't you? I'm about to do it. Well, I get it. I mean, I, I can't, get it. I can't do it. I, 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 there were many, many years ago, um, I'd gone to Georgia, Florida, like six or seven years in a row, towards the end of my college years and into my young professional years. We would have a great time. We'd go down to Ponte Vedra one year. We'd go up to St. Simon's one year and stay different places. My wife ended up going. We had a blast. We'd charter the bus. You took your wife? What? Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. We, you know, it was couples type thing. Oh, couple stuff. Uh, yeah. Plus, she can she can party a lot more than even I've ever even dreamed about doing. Anyway, that's another story for another podcast. <clears throat> but I went probably five or six years in a row. I saw one Georgia victory. That was nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, and I vowed to myself that I would not go back until Georgia won two in a row. But you've been back, which happened. Yeah. And then I went back two years ago when it was like 28 degrees and breezy. <laughs> Took my two boys. Yeah. And um, you know how that ended I know up. how that ended. So I'm not going back yep. until we win two again yep. in a row. It starts this year. And starts I this don't year, think, Scott. I don't – you know, look, I'm just being real. I am being as real as I can be because we're four and three. I've, I've been Pollyanna the majority of the year. 
And uh, I hope I'm not right, but I'm going to go with a about a four confidence pick on this. Yeah, I think it could be. It could, I could be correct. I could be wrong. But I think Georgia keeps it close. It's just another heartbreaker on the St. John's. Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not happy with this. I'm just being real. Florida wins 24-21. Okay, there you have it. So we've made all our picks. Let, let, I do have a question for you. Yes. What What is your um, favorite? Florida, George, Florida memory. Oh, I can't say that on this podcast. Okay, well, good. I, I, think, <laughs> I really can't. Yeah, suffice it to I'm say. Uh, okay, cool. So we all we all have that kind of memory, right? We have oh, we yeah. have we have a landing slash um, oh. whatever memory, yeah. right? Okay, yeah, yeah. My well, I I can't I can't I, mean, I can, it's going through my head. The and only I'm thing, like, there's no way I can say this. I okay. can't even like make it safe for. Podcast. So the only thing I can say about my most recent favorite memory is is uh, is leading the what's that coming down the track on the top of the party bus over on the back end of um, Gator Bowl Drive, back over where it parks. It used to be Sky's party bus. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I got up on top and was leading some cheers there uh, for uh, an hour or so. Oh, okay. uh, for a while post game. <laughs> for a while post game. You were sober. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I will say that I think my most favorite one was two years ago, just going down there and introducing my kids yeah. my, to, to, to something they'd only seen on TV. It's and they funny. loved it. It's funny. My kids were asking when we were going get, to get to go to George, Florida. Yeah. And I was like, fortunately, I was able to put them off this year because I'm not going. Uh, by the way, I, I, I will be in D.C. I'm going to the public house. There are three bars that the Alumni Association have official watch parties for. Uh, one is the Navy Yard over by uh, where the, the Nationals play. One's up. Oh, that's was, a good spot. One's up uh, Wisconsin, um, up near the Naval Observatory, and then one is in the DuPont Circle called the Public House. I will be there. Apparently, they uh, put aside a whole floor of their bar for Georgia, mm. um, which is sounds awesome to me. Well, maybe uh, with your new Google phone, you can tweet some awesome pictures. I can tweet them. some awesome pictures of my Google. Uh, yeah, by the way, Sky can get off my back about yeah, my phone. I mean, I've, I've got have, much respect for you have, now with I have the new. I have the new Pixel. I did not get the XL because I, you know, trust me, everything's fine down there. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, so I will be there if you uh, give me a give me a yell or whatever if you want to. Um, my wife and I will be there with some friends, and I'm pretty fired up about. it. I haven't been back to D.C. since we took the kids a couple of years ago. I lived in D.C. for seven years, uh, post law school before I came back to work in, in Athens, and uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with some old friends. It's kind of great. I'm great conference I'm going to. Um, so you're just I, gonna have to whisper in the air, say, "Hey guys, next year you need to change the date." Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I it, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, here's the thing: if we we go down there, whoa, we go up there and whoop that ass, I might not go for a long time. Right. So yeah, I don't know. My we'll see. Rule. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But I appreciate the UGA Alumni Association for helping me out, yeah, connecting me up with the DC alumni group and, and figure help me figure out where to go. All right, so I've got a I just got a text message, and I wanted you to read the text message and uh, see what it says. Cleveland recording now. So we'll. Will Leach, during the World Series, after the Cleveland Indians take a 2-0 lead, sent us an audio file from, I assume, the, the press box. It's 48 Jacobs seconds Field. long. I have not heard this yet. We have to play it. All right. Absolutely. We're you're, listening, it right you're getting a world premiere with us, this guys. Is, this is the world premiere video of Will Leach giving his podcast prognostications, talking Georgia football, in the press box or Illinois football, Jacobs Field is it still Jacobs Field? Uh, Probably good. I think it's progressive. new Progressive Era, Progressive Field, field whatever. Yeah. But it's the Cubs and the Indians World Series game one. Here's Will. Hello, 
This is Will Leach. I come to you live from the press box. Of game one of the World Series between the Cleveland Indians and the evil monstrosities of the Chicago Cubs. I'm sorry I'm not there this week. But the good news is I'm in Cleveland again. Anyway, <clears throat> for my prediction this week, my prediction is Georgia rebounds and takes care of a Florida team that is really not that great, setting the stage for Kentucky to win the SEC East. Good luck, gentlemen. Enjoy Jacksonville, fellow humans. It's the Cleveland of Florida. He that called Jacksonville was, the Cleveland of Florida. That was awesome. So he awesome. Predicted, I don't know if you, I mean, I guess you could hear it, but Will just predicted Georgia to beat Florida, setting up Kentucky to win the SEC East, which I guess could happen. Can it? I don't know. I, I have mean, to look they're at only the, four and three. I have to look at some. Right, they, one of their losses is, at, is against Southern Miss. So to, they, well, they're at Southern Miss in the SEC. They've only lost so. to Florida and Alabama. Yeah, that's. They've only lost to Florida and Alabama. Yeah, because so I, I guess here's what would happen. Oh my God! If they went out and Georgia beats Florida, and then Florida loses to LSU, Kentucky goes. That's look at Will bringing the wow. bringing the sauce. Wow! He did sound like he was in a press box. Yeah, well, yeah, he he was very careful not to talk too loud because you know. He, he wants to keep those passes for this uh, series where tickets are going for tens of thousands of dollars. That's so awesome, though. Mad props. Um, mad props. What we've done is we've covered the game through and through from special teams to offense to defense. We have different opinions on how the game's going to be played out. Will and Tony tend to think that Georgia is going to take their off week and make something of it. And I think we're just going to see the same movie and the same ending. We all know how it ends. Uh, So it's two picking Georgia and one picking Florida. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that y'all can make me eat crow all on Sunday and all of next week. And I gladly will. That's the end of this podcast. We are going down to Jacksonville. Well, not really. I'm not going and Tony's not. But you are. And you might be listening to this as you're driving to Jacksonville. So be safe. And uh, all you dog fans down there, please. Please bring us home a victory. Root us home. I'm mad I can't go. So um and let me interrupt Scott there, but just I had to beg all, all my lot A folks. I appreciate uh appreciate them holding down the fort down there and uh and go dogs. All right, go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure you enter our pick'em contest over at the funofficepools.com. <laughs> over at the funofficepools.com. It's funofficepools.com. And see if you can beat the three of us. Should you want to make a comment about our show or perhaps you have a question, either way, you can find our podcast on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Listen out for our next show, the post game of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, <laughs> next Monday. Hopefully, I'll be wrong in my prognostication and we'll be talking about a Georgia victory over the Gators. Until then, safe travels to Jacksonville if you're going, or to DC like Tony's doing, or even Chicago and Cleveland like Will. As for me, I'll be right here in the Classic City this weekend. So take care, go dogs, and we will see you on campus very soon. <laughs>